As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. When your coffee is freshly roasted and ethically sourced, it's music to your ears. Shake up the way you wake up at kingscoastcoffee.com. Welcome to episode 108 of Star Wars and Scotch. It's Kevin joined by my buddy Tim, as always. Hello. How you doing? I'm okay. All right. I'm still, I'm I'm still living. I... What? I was like, I think I still have like a Thanksgiving hangover. Really? Yeah, dude. My whole day is thrown off. I thought today was Thursday. I didn't drink coffee yesterday. Ooh. See, so that's kind of it like was a Thanksgiving hangover. I it was a yeah, I was off my schedule for Thanksgiving. It was a late night here, so I had some stuff to do in the morning. So I was out of the house, and I never grabbed my coffee. And I came back home, and I still didn't grab my coffee. And then I came to work, and I was like, I didn't have coffee today. So, how do you feel? I, I had tea to get my caffeine intake. So, well, don't be like Kevin. Head on over no. to kingscoastcoffee.com. Exactly, and you can get a. Fresh roast to order bag of some of our best coffee. I think that we like offer throughout the year. I mean, like we offer great coffee year round, but right now some of our best stuff is up for grabs. So head on over to kingscoastcoffee.com. We've got our, we've got our Christmas blend going on. We still have our, we still have our autumn tide. Uh, We got our roasters choice. We've got some special holiday stuff going on. We got cocoa still. Yeah, Kevin, we still have some cocoa. We do have a little bit of cocoa. Not much. I, saw the because we announced 12 days of king's coast yesterday and i saw the 12 days of king's coast and oh. uh let me tell you this i saw a product on there that i did not expect to see and i'm kind of shocked that wayne is doing that look at that king's coast coming into the frame like that that was that couldn't have been that more was... perfect timing <laughs> that was not planned by the way that, that just was happened. really good that was fantastic <laughs> wow well, for those that are listening uh our producer just brought kevin coffee and just slid it ever ever so perfectly into seams so that was really good it's really good uh so yeah king's coast coffee there's a product on there i don't know if you looked at the list he emailed it yesterday morning um but there's a product on there that i was like oh we're doing that okay so if you're not part of the king's club you're not on the mailing list and you're not plugged in you could miss out on the thing that made me go oh i'm shocked we're doing that so king's coast coffee dot com also by the way gcx tickets are on sale right now so through through I believe they're through the end of December. I could be wrong, but GCX tickets are on sale. So make sure that you take advantage of this because they will go up incrementally over the course of the year. Um, so now is the time to get your GCX tickets for as cheap as possible. It's August 4th and 5th next year at Rosen Shingle Creek. Don't worry, the hotel blocks are coming. We spoke to Rosen yesterday about it. Build Against Cancer is in two weeks, two, three, three, three weeks, three weeks. There it is. If you're listening, Tim has a beautiful Build Against Cancer shirt uh, supporting Build Against Cancer this year. It's Dr. Lupo's annual fundraiser. Uh, it's part of the uh, the whole GCX family of fundraising. So make sure you're a part of Beach, uh, Build Against Cancer. Tim is going to be in Memphis. I'll be there at, at the Jude, hospital. At the hospital. Uh, one of my favorite places on the planet, it's by the way. such a cool hospital to go to. We try, I tried to get Amy to come with me, but we couldn't get a babysitter for Kyler, so... At some point, she'll have to she'll have to see the hospital because it's definitely like if you ever have the opportunity to go, like you you need to go. It is. Just oh, Amy awesome hasn't place. been. She's never been. I've only been t- once. 
I believe Summit is coming back this year, so we could get you guys to go for Summit. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I know. I'm, I'm sending. I'm sending Paul. Paul, because poor Paul, the year he was going to go was 2020, yeah. and then, then boom. So we're going to send Paul to this year. Um, well, uh, did this morning feel empty to you? Like, did you yeah. feel like you were missing something in your life? Yeah, I I finished the gym and I was like, well, time to go. Not watch Andor. So yeah. yeah, there's like there's nothing really right now other than the Santa Claus. So I think that's oh, available the, on Wednesdays series. for Disney Plus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're doing well, thirty no, minute episodes. Didn't Willow start this week too? Uh, well, so okay, so we did a pod. So for those that didn't know, we did a roundtable on Monday, and Chase, uh, that gay Jedi, was on, and he's actually at the premiere. So yeah, that should be out. He's actually at the premiere. He gets to see like the first two episodes or something like that. So that's he was very exciting. excited. He was talking about his outfit, and he was very excited <laughs> to be in LA. Chase. I love him so much. He's great. I love um, Chase. So, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, we are. Tim mentioned the roundtable. The roundtable was recorded on Monday. Uh, you had Chase, uh, that gay Jedi. You had Alex from Star Wars Explained. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had Lauren. Else, for, Lauren from most yeah, things so Kenobi. Had, yep. Lauren and Alex from uh, Star Wars Explained and Chase, that gay Jedi, were, were there with me. And we talked about we talked about Andor. It was yeah, great. this is. This is something we want to keep doing, uh, rotating guests, rotating me and Tim hosting this um, as, as Star Wars content rolls out. You know, we, we were really inspired by Disney Plus and the way that they brought the producers and the team that made the show together. So ours is more, of you know, content creator reactions and fans to shows like that. So expect more of this in the future. You will get to see this in December. Um, so stay tuned to our social Star Wars Scotch, uh, Darkness429, and uh, me, Kevin X Vision, K Magic 101, and Rare Drop to uh, see when this will come out. But uh, it was recorded on Monday, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see the whole thing. I only saw a little bit of it, but I'm excited to see the whole thing. And uh, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing more of this. I'm excited. Uh, everyone said they had a great time. So uh, look out for the Andor Roundtable uh, from uh, Star Wars and Scotch next month. But yeah. And, Andor felt empty this morning. Andor has the highest Rotten Tomatoes rating of any Star Wars show. Well, by the way, surprised me. It was a masterpiece. Like it was, it, it was, was a great, It was a great show. Like you know, we talked about it earlier, and it was just like from start to finish, there isn't a like bad episode, you know. And it's just like every every episode, in my opinion, and I know a lot of people like they had a hard time getting through like the first like two or three episodes. Because it seems like that was like kind of like the stopping point for a lot of people. Like, oh, I gave it like a week or two. And then I was like, I don't understand why I'm watching this. It's just like, ah, you missed out on so much. Um, and like, what are the other things that I just, I, you know, we, we talked about it and we, we continue to talk about it is just like how this relates to things that are going on in the world currently. And like, kind of like how it just, it feels more surreal than other Star Wars experiences. Like, I really felt like I could put myself in the shoes of any of these characters, like it felt more relatable. It felt, and I, and I th- really think because they didn't introduce this stereotypical cookie cutter Star Wars formula of like Jedi hero, lightsaber, fights Sith, bad guy, win, you know, and just like, yay, we all celebrate and have a good time. Like this was like, there, this was an emotional roller coaster. I mean, we went from, you know, Cassian at his lowest point to his highest point to his lowest point again. And then, you know, coming back as, you know, kind of like growing into his own as this like leader, you know, not just like this rapscallion. It's, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful journey, you know? And it's just like, it's so hard. It was hard for me not to get behind it. The more I watched it, uh, because it got to a point where I was like, damn, that, that episode was great. Wow. This yeah. next episode was even better. Wow. This got better. You know, it's just like every single episode progressed in, in, in an exponential format where it was just like, man, every time this ended, I was like, I need more. I need more. I want more. There's always this connection for me to Old Republic, Legends, lore, all that stuff. Andor doesn't didn't really go that route. So it was almost like a new part of Star Wars for me. It was like when I read the first High Republic book. Sure. And yeah, there are references to things, but it's like it's like a whole new story. Mm-hmm. And that's how Andor felt. It felt like I was in a familiar place with characters that I didn't know, but I was learning so much about them that I had never known before. Yeah. And I think that was what drew me in was it was action packed. It was exciting. And it was something I wasn't used to in Star Wars. Like, there's always a link back. Even in Mandalorian, I could go back to the Old Republic games and talk about the Mandalorian lore and that. And and you could, uh, they went to um, 
you know, some familiar locations that we knew. Mm -hmm. This was everything was just new except for pretty much Coruscant. Um, And even the way we saw Coruscant was completely Mm -hmm. different than we had ever seen it before. So that was that was what made it interesting and and, and exciting. Um, So, uh, you know, one thing that I'm seeing all over that we didn't talk about last week with Andor is everyone's saying that it's got a collision course with Rebels for season two. That's and that. That was kind of yeah. like what I what I mentioned last week. Kevin was like, "Fuck!" At the end of like at the season finale, it didn't feel like the show was about Cassian anymore. Like Cassian was a big part of it. He was definitely a larger gear within like the rebellion machine, if you will. But like the show did such a great job of highlighting and showcasing so many different facets of the rebellion. You know, from from so many different points of of you know, perspectives and angles. It was it was just a beautiful showcase of so many different people trying to like essentially do their own things. But at the end of the day, it's all towards the same goal. Right. And so, like, yeah, you're right. This is definitely going to like it's going to be a mashup of like what Rebels is, you know, and that's why it's like, man, I'm really struggling with the name of the show. And and it's like it makes sense because like Cassian is a very, very like strong part in like any. And I really feel like by the end of season two. And as we and, and it ties into Rogue One, like Cassian really will be, you know, like this 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 hero character. You know, they kind of like tried to do it with Jin. Um, they like introduced Jin in like Battlefront, and so she was like a playable hero character. And so they, they wanted to make sure like Jin Urso like still got like she got the this her spot and her time in the spotlight, if you will. And now it's Cassian's turn, but Cassian still isn't as he was never the forefront of Rebels or um, of uh, I'm brain farting here, Kevin Rogue One. He wasn't like he wasn't the main character of Rogue One. He was a he was a side piece. But like now his like his character is so interesting. Like, I want to know more about him. And I wish that he had like more character development in Rogue One because holy shit, his 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 entire adventure from start to finish is just that's going to be a wild ride. If, if it's anything like season one, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I think, I think season one was kind of like lay the groundwork, get everything out there, show how we got to this series of events, introduce all the new people, places and things. Season two is where they're going to start bringing in the familiar things. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, I, again, I wouldn't put it past us to see certain characters at this point. I mean, from, Hera showing up would make sense. Hera, Ezra, Sabine, um, uh, uh, Kanan. Uh, Freddie gonna, Prince it, as a live action Kanan. Uh, I don't know if they'd do it. I don't know if they would either. I'm just throwing but, it out. I mean, there. like, so, and that was, that was another thing that, like, I, I really appreciated with, with Cassian, and I really hope they don't do is do the fan service stuff, you know, because we see it all the time in these other Star Wars shows, right? Like, we get. Uh, we get, we get so much of it in Boba Fett and in Mandalorian, and we got a little bit in Obi Wan, but like they really didn't do that in this show. There wasn't a lot of fan service moments. There wasn't all these like, oh my god, I can't believe he's here. You know, like they did it. They brought him to life. It was just like it. it I feel like if they would have dropped in a hero character like that, it would have taken away from the ability to feel connected to this show in a, in a real world setting. Like it's, it's the lack of the things that I know that makes me feel like I could be there. Well, at some point he's going to meet Mon Mothma. Like I feel like, Oh, that's, but, but, but Mon is already so integral to the show. Like her story arc is, is, is isolated to a certain degree. The things that she's going through are very much her own story. It really doesn't tie back to Luthen all that much. I mean, like there's a little bit like there, but still she's really on her own journey. She was doing a lot of this on her own. The moving of money and all the stuff was her own thing. And so like, that's why I don't think Mon Mothma was a fan service. I think it was a critical, it, she, if, if it wasn't for the fact that she was in the show, we wouldn't have a better understanding of how she got to where she is when we meet her in like episode four or even in rogue one, right? Like how the hell does Mon Mothma, who's just a politician from, from Chandrilla and like, how does she get from, from just being just a Senator to essentially leading the free people and the rebellion. And so I think that it would be a disservice to like the show if it wasn't, because it really is a, a show about rebellion. It's a show about the rebels. And so it's like, that's why it's so frustrated. It's like, man, I wish this show was called star Wars rebels. We already have an animated show that's called Star Wars Rebels, but this is what it is. This is essentially the live action version of Star Wars Rebels. 
Yeah. So it's just like it, but, but again, like not having the lightsabers and not having the force and not having Darth Vader tramp around and just like kill everybody or have the emperor show up and force lightning everything. Like it's cool to me because like, I feel, I feel like, yeah, I could be in those shoes. I could have been at the ISB headquarters. Like I could see myself in a Coruscant living quarters, you know, like in the tiny little fucking apartment in the, in the underbelly of Coruscant. Like the, all of that felt so real. And I think Kevin, the big part of using practical effects for a lot of this was a big reason as to why too, because all the other shows that we've seen relied very, very heavily on, on um, CGI and using the volume and like using all of these, these visual effects that we've come to know and love, which makes the experience visually just so stunning. But at the same time, it does it. Uh, the more that we watched cast the Andor, the more I felt it was like, fuck man, these, these real, these big rooms, these big sets, they feel good. You know, it's yeah. like, Oh, this is just a, it's so cool to see because like you and I, we start losing the magic and we start looking for the props, you know, we're like, Oh, where is the, where's the blending of the volume into practical, you know, set pieces and things <laughs> like that. So it kind of like loses that mysticism, if you will. We're also production minded. So there's a, re- and you know, we've, we've, we have diamond view view studios here in Tampa and we work with them. So, um, there's a level of of it almost ruins partially the experience for us because we're we're like oh how they do that oh did they yeah we know that trend like things like that so it does from our brains it, it kind of messes with the experience a little bit I think to the to you know the person that isn't in our world there's a bit more of an excitement there um, um, when it comes to making things come alive but I like what you said because the idea of a practical environment in Star Wars versus when they have to go to the volume and create, you know, a, a docking bay in space. That's obviously not something you can do practical with unless you start using green screen tricks and whatnot, which is how they did the uh, the prequel trilogy. Even then, you know, the volume is better than that, in my yeah. opinion. Oh, but most definitely. In this one, Tony Gilroy I keep wanting to say Matt Reeves for some reason. That's who made the Batman. Every time we talk about Tony Gilroy, I keep, I go to say Matt Reeves and I'm sure it's not even close to correct. Anyway, Tony Gilroy, he made it a point to go out and say, no, everything's practical. We're building sets. We're doing it this way. And I can appreciate that because, you know, and, and, and even when I was at uh, synapse summit in Orlando and I was listening to, um, Rick Rubin, who's um, uh, uh, he's in, he's in charge of the film department at Full Sail. I was listening to him speak. He was basically saying this is an additive. This is not going to replace the way we film. We can't because there's an art form there that can't be lost in all of this. And there's reasons to use a digital environment versus reasons to shoot on location. And I appreciate what he said about that because then I it, it helped me with Andor being like, why don't they use the volume? Like, it makes more sense to do it this way in the environments that Andor existed in. Yeah. Yes, when it came to places like Coruscant and whatnot, maybe some of those shots of the city and stuff. Yep. would have been better, you know, on a, on a volume as opposed to CGI. But that was this was Tony Gilroy's vision. And you know what? He knocked it out of the park at the end of the day when there's no reason to split hairs on how it was produced. So um, I'm I'm very, very happy um, and I'm excited for season two. Uh, 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 I did. Do they have a potential? Is it like 2024? I'm assuming at this point. I have no idea. I don't think they've said anything, but I mean, like that would make sense with everything else coming out for next year. Like it would be silly for them to then throw Andor out next year on top of everything else. Like that's that's just that's yeah. a lot, Kevin. We've got Ahsoka, we've got Mando, we have uh, the Bad Batch. Bad Batch. Um, we still don't even know if that. We just still don't know if there was a potential season two for Boba Fett. Um, we don't know is, that. Well, they. Is, we, it's not going to come next year because it wouldn't come next it. year. But I'm just like thinking of like what other things are going on as far as like production and all that stuff. We got Acolyte going on. Um, and Acolyte lot, could release. Acolyte could release next year. It should be this. Acolyte should be this time next year. It should be the Andor block, which was the Mando block originally. If I remember correctly. It's always yeah. been like it's always been like this like holiday time where it kind of like starts to bleed into the holidays and then it stops right before. I believe Mando season one was Novemberish. Mando season two was February. They moved it. It was supposed to be like a whole year. We're like, we finally made it. It's been a year, and then it's like it's going into spring. We're like, ah, shit. Because Boba was Christmas last year. Correct. Last year, mm-hmm. yeah. So, 
I mean, I would love Acolyte to round out the air because that, that again, that will be in vain of Andor where it's a familiar universe. We're going to know nothing except possibly if it's Darth, the Darth Plagueis rumors are true. That would be it. But we've never seen Darth Plagueis either. Right. Aside from from art. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, they actually just re-released his book. Uh, oh, which I thought was interesting, and it's now oh. just called. It's now called the um, the tales, like Star a Star Wars tale, Darth Plagueis, um, like how the, or like uh, um legends, like a Star Wars legend, Darth Plagueis, or however they say it. So like, yeah, his his original <clears throat> book is now just is is been rehashed, but it's still considered a legend book, which is interesting. So it's not canonical, but it, it will still give you very much so a great insight from the legends perspective of who Darth Plagueis is. So if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend it because his story is really, really cool. And like we said about legends, legends are the rumors around the galaxy. It's things that were whispered and said, and you know, there's truth to it almost and to an extent. And we can say that with authority because the books are literally saying that the books are saying, they mention legends. They say, call back to those things like, Oh, I thought this was only just a legend. And then, like, you know, Darth Malak's, like, lightsaber shows up. And you're just like, oh, what the fuck? Have you ever heard the tale of... <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I, I also think when it comes to Legends versus canon, then we'll get into the next topic. I also think with, with Legends versus canon, they went too heavy on trying to rewrite the story. And I think they've backpedaled a lot. So, like, oh, Luke's yeah, story, sure. you can't even say Legends anymore because they've changed so much of it. That it just doesn't fit at all, even as a rumor. Now it feels more like they're like, okay, we were wrong. Did you mm. see the concept art for Kylo Ren, by the way, that was mm. denied? No. So it is Darth Vader's helmet piece, like the top piece. And the mask like comes down. It almost looks like two fangs as, as the, the rebreather. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's these eye sockets, but they're turned. They look like um, the concept art Darth Vader. Remember, the eyes are like more mm-hmm. angled. So it looks like they that. Do, they do that more in Rebels, too. If you notice, the animated version of Vader is more in that vein than it is mm-hmm. in live action. They do the, the they do the tilted eyes. They do this is the, um, the rebreather is definitely more like um, like Shogun-esque looking. Uh, yeah, so that's that's cool. that They leaned into that for the concept art. It's a shame yeah. that they didn't get to do it, though, because like Kylo's Kylo's mask is pretty, pretty rough. I like Kylo's mask. I think this it I think looks the reason great with sh- the hood up if they when he takes his hood down. He looks like a ball guy and yes. it's just like, Oh, you kind of lose like the badass part. If your hood comes off. I mean, Jedi also look bad. I with badass with their hoods up. And then when they take every them off, time, you're like, Oh, you're right. like, oh, you're not going to kill anybody. You were just cold. Oh yeah. So I, I understand why they didn't do it. It was too Darth Vader, but at the same time, it would have played nicely into his obsession. That was the whole point. He, all he did is idolize his granddad. So, I mean, like for him to take on the embodiment of Darth Vader would be so, it would, Oh, it would have been perfect. But, um, one other thing, Kevin, that like I really wanted to like talk about is you brought up Acolyte. Um, the the lens that this show was shot in, the Andor shot in, is very much the same lens that they used for Rogue One. It's very dark. Yep. Um, the shots are tight. Um, it it makes like it's just it's always full of just like action. Like every shot, like is just like it's just a boom right in your face. Um, do you feel like since we know that Acolyte is going to be more of like a horror investigation style show, uh, do you think they're going to use the same style of cinematography when it comes to this show that Andor does? Because I really feel like Andor brings across the more mature um, viewing lens. Like it's definitely designed more for like a, 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 a more mature person. This is not like the kitty Star Wars stuff. I mean, like they did a very nice job of like, when Cassian puts a blaster up to somebody's head, you know that he shot him point blank, but they don't show it. Or like, you know, when someone gets like completely crushed by a, by a, uh, a pallet full of credits, you know, his innards like went shooting out the other end, but they don't show it. You know, it's just like, it's, they did a really, really classy job of, of like not using violence for the sake of violence, but violence for getting a point across. And so do you think they're going to like hold true to that with, with Acolyte or do you think they're going to, come at it from a different angle so i'm looking at leslie headland she's the showrunner for acolyte i'm looking Mm -hmm. at her credits um she did russian doll which is very artsy um and and oh my god she was a co-producer on the bachelorette earlier in her career she probably wants that wipe from her 
she probably wants it. It's like one of her first credits, so she probably oh, just worked yeah. on the show. Yeah, I feel bad for her almost. Um, and she did the remake of the Heather's, um, uh, which was also uh, pretty artsy. So I think you're going to get more of a yes and no, essentially, is what I'm saying. I think you're going to get a very interesting portrayal from from an artistic point of view on the show. It also depends where the show takes place. So in the description that we got way, 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 way back when, it's a, a Jedi or a fallen Jedi searching for artifacts of power throughout the galaxy because they're trying to achieve some sort of goal. The, the, the age old story of the Jedi that leaves the order and it's like, you know, I can do this better than they can. And, mm-hmm. you know, ends up running into all these dead set. That's what I'm assuming. If that's the case, it's going to be a very bland color palette. They're going to focus on your reds, your crimsons, your magentas, things like that, because they want to signify the evil in the galaxy, the dark side um, and things like that. So I think it is going to be pretty bland, but it's going to have those pops of color. Russian doll did that a lot. Okay. So it's going to be a pretty bland back with pops of color to accentuate. Remember, this is a very extreme example. Do not take this face value. Do you remember how in Ronin uh, everything was black and white except for red and green? Yep. Kind of like that, but in a in a real act. That is an extreme example. Kind of right, like no, that. So, but uh, use Obi Wan in in Anakin's conversation when they're fighting, and they use light to to visually showcase the changing of Anakin from good to bad, like that yep. constant back and forth. And they just used a light bar. I I watched the behind the scenes. It's just some dude with a light bar. Yeah. And like, uh, but it was, it, it looked so good. And so like, yeah, to, to that point, that would be really cool to see like uh, the visual, visual storytelling to that degree, because like, that's always the fun stuff to go back and watch again. Cause it's like, did I miss something? I did that yeah. with, um, I did that with, uh, what was it? Oh, Hill house. Hill house did the one shot take in that one episode when it was in, in that front, they went from the morgue into the house and like back and forth and stuff. It was just one shot. Um, like that Alfred Hitchcock style um, yeah. cinematography is just like, yep. oh my God, I love that. So yeah, hopefully we get like a horror, a horror Star Wars show to me sounds really, really exciting. Cause like, I mean, the, the scary stuff in Star Wars, the, the, the mysticism, like the, the, um, uh, you go to Dathomir, you know, like, you know, think of that, you know, I'm really excited to hopefully like kind of lean into those vibes a little bit. Cause like going to Dathomir in fallen order is probably still like one of my favorite moments in just like being involved in star Wars medium. Um, going to Dathomir as Cal Kestis is probably still like one of my favorite moments. Cause it was just like, wow, this whole planet came to life. Cause you saw it every, you saw a couple pieces here and there in clone wars and in rebels, but like to get the full experience was like, Oh, it's so neat. And so I would love to see more of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that you're on the right track when it comes to that. By the way, I saw a TikTok video of them doing a one shot in a room where it was like a time lapse. And so they had the production team flipping the room on oh, the fly. I've seen that. Yeah, that video comes up every once in a while. And it's so impressive to watch. And it's just like, and go. And it's just like couches move and TVs move. She's doing outfit changes in the corner. And like, it's run- just like, I'm sorry she didn't fall. <laughs> the running back and forth is crazy. I would be, my thing was like, when because it's like two minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I my thing is like, if you got to like a minute 45 and you're the one who fucked up the entire oh. thing by like tripping or like putting the couch in the wrong place or something, I'd oh man. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do the whole fucking thing again because of jerry <laughs> uh but uh yeah yeah so i think acolyte is going to be very um it's going to have that that palette but i think it's going to have pops of, of of color i think that's going to be the play that yeah. again this is a random prediction and i'm basing it off of other work that leslie uh has done so um yeah, we'll see. But, you know, when I when I I didn't know who she was when I saw it and then I looked up her writing credits, I was like, oh, OK, Russian Doll and Heathers. That's actually a decent. I didn't like the new Heathers. I'm a fan of the old movie, but um, uh, Russian Doll was very good. So I have a feeling they hired the right person for this. And Russian Doll has that. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not dark. I don't know. Something along those lines feel to it. So. We'll see, Tim. Yeah, uh, I just downloaded Yoda number one, so I'm going to read it this week, and then I'll I'll, I'll get back. I don't want to talk oh, about Yoda anymore. No, I want to talk about Yoda because because Paul put in the notes that Yoda number one released in Marvel, not IDW, by the way, because all the talk other about it, all the uh, High Republic Yoda stuff was on IDW. Rahul but, uh, Kohli, you sir have ruined Yoda for me. Go ahead, tell them. Do you guys know that Yoda has a first name? What is it, Tim? Fucking Minch! 
M-I-N-C-H, Minch Yoda. His last name is Yoda. Lucas wanted his name to be Minch Yoda. Do you know what Minch means in Yiddish, though? No, what does Minch mean in Yiddish? It's someone you admire, emulate, someone of noble character. So as a fellow Jew, me and Yoda... Yoda's Yoda's Luke's mensch. Think about it. I mean, you're not wrong. It's just I know the, I'm not wrong. It's just the word within the context. Just it's just it's just weird. <laughs> and now I just I can't see. All I see is this old guy named Minch. Now I see I see an old Jewish grandfather. I want. Well, I mean. Tim, that's not far off. Like, why is it so shocking? Because now it has all come to full circle. And it's not like it's not like it's like Yoda is no longer this like this like very like powerful wise sage. He's just like he's like a grandpa you're going to go hang out with and like, you know, have lunch. So here's my question. How do I get my wife to replace our traditional menorah? with a Yoda themed menorah now. Babe, his name's Minch. Like that's your I'm argument. In. That's it. That's it. His babe, his name's Minch. Like, we gotta do this. I bet yep. you they have Star Wars themed menorahs. Oh, I'll find one. <laughs> I will have one custom made if I have to. <laughs> yeah, just, I was it, it's I was a weird looking one. this morning and there's menorahs for everything, but I didn't find a ton of Star Wars ones. But I found a baby Yoda one, but that's not the one I want. I want I want, want a legit. full, full Minch Yoda. I want one now with Yoda, and it looks like he's holding up all eight candles with the force. Oh, that'd be so sick. That'd be cool. Like, yeah. Meditating. Oh my god, you could do that. It's like Yoda, and then just do like acrylic candle holders in mm-hmm. his. Yeah, that I love that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Light the menorah. I will light more presents. Yes. Mm. Uh, so, uh, Mike. Also, I trying to explain Hanukkah to my kids. And they're like, oh, more presents. And I'm like, yeah, more presents. It's like, no, I just take your Christmas presents and I stretch them out over eight days. Have you guys not? Have you have you never celebrated Hanukkah with your? I have. We've never done it with the kids, really. So this is the first year that we're going to like actually talk about it with the kids. And that's cool. It's it's a cool story. I like the story of Hanukkah. Anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to find a Yoda menorah because I feel like Hunter will love that, too. Find your mint. He's, he's gonna go to school. What's Hanukkah, Hunter? Well, you see, we got this <laughs> minch menorah and we light these candles, and dad gives me presents. So Yoda used the force to keep the, the oil in the lamp burning free. <laughs> really ruining Hanukkah here, Kevin. <laughs> I like this version of Hanukkah better. I, like, no, I want to Star Wars if I Hanukkah and Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's life, come on. It's life day now. I'm just, just going to call it life day. I was not going to tell Danielle I was going to buy the the ATAT blow up Christmas uh, guy from Walmart. It's eight feet tall, apparently. And I was just going to buy it. And I was just going to plug it in and put it on the lawn and not say anything. But they were sold out. Oh, that's cool. Because then you could have had a yard battle with your neighbor. Oh, my na- You saw that when you were over the other day, right? It's the same thing he had last year. It's an obnoxious, massive he Santa works, Claus. He's, he's, a, he's a, a regional exec at Walmart. Oh, that makes so much more sense as to why he has an obnoxious yard for every single holiday because they went nuts for um, for uh, Halloween, too. They got mad because I was playing music in my driveway when I was sitting there and they were trying to play Ghostbusters music. And she and the wife kept looking over at me like, uh, like, no, we're playing the music like this. I got the holiday thing going on. All right, whatever. So anyway, Yoda, Yoda number one is out um, on Marvel. Um, I use the app. Uh, so, but you can go buy it if you'd like as well. Um, and it starts with yoga on data on Dagobah and deep meditation with a force ghost who we don't know who it is yet. I feel like the low hanging fruit is Qui Gon, but I also feel like they're trying to throw a curveball in there and perhaps introduce somebody else. So, mm. uh, I'll report back next week. Yeah, um, please do. I am, uh, and- there's there's apparently references to the power dynamics going on in the Jedi Council, which I think will be interesting. Oh. So, we'll probably see Mace. Uh, uh, oh, oh well, no, because at this point, if it's on Dagobah, Mace is dead. So maybe that's who the Force Ghost is. Why can't Mace be a Force Ghost? He Tim left. Stop trying to bring him back. He's dead. But you can be dead and be a Force Ghost. No, you can't be dead and be a Force Ghost. You have to go through the training. Be like, <laughs> you don't think. 
Mace dies, goes up to whatever the wills of the force is and be like, listen, motherfucker. Okay, Samuel L. Jackson might have, but Mace Windu would not. They're interchangeable. It's the same. It's not. Come on. Okay, I know that some people just are are themselves, but let's, you know. Who else in Star Wars universe walked up to George Lucas and was like, I don't like the color of my lightsaber. That wasn't I in the Star Wars universe. Purple. That was an actor talking to the fucking director. I, I want it to be purple. And he's like, all right, you can have a purple lightsaber. And from then on, they canonized the fact that a purple lightsaber has all this meaning and whatnot. And, 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 and Samuel L was like purple. Mm, I'm mm, so, mm, so mm, tired mm. of this argument. Um, honestly, the- I hope with this comic book, I hope we, I like, I, I would hope that we get some type of acknowledgement as to where Yoda's race comes from. You know, like we've been sitting on this whole thing with Grogu and knows and we know that there's more and we have Yaddle and we know that, that Yoda talks in a funny way just because of his master and like the, the race doesn't actually talk like that. Like there's so many like we're getting this breadcrumb trail, but yep. like when do we actually get to the place that we want to go? Like how long are we really going to stretch this out for? That's the problem Star Wars is struggling with. I think they're taking the secrets and just it's exhausting right now, Kevin, because now like, I think I would have been fine with it if they would have just left Yoda alone. If they would have just left Yaddle and Yoda and it would have just been like, they did okay, it. they're the only two. It's totally fine. I would have been fine with that. But the moment you brought Grogu in and then you, you start talking about bringing him back to his people and all of that, you completely start to ignite a flame of curiosity. And what happens now? And well, we, now we have a speak. comic. Yeah, we have Yaddle talking. We, we know there's now no more information about why Yoda's sentences are formed the way that they are. And now we have Grogu. All three are from the same, are the same species. We just don't know where they're from. And it's up to Mando to get him back to his people. But is it really his people? Are we talking like, are we talking with like formalities here? Are we talking about he needs to go back to the Jedi or is he now considered Mandalorian because he's a foundling? So going back to his people, does that mean going back to Mandalore? Like, I don't understand where we're going with Yoda, Yaddle, and Grogu. It's very confusing right now. Um, series will see multiple writers with the events of the first three issues being described by Kevin Scott, who we love. Uh, as we meet Yoda just before Luke arrives on Dagobah, we then go back to the High Republic era where Yoda does something nobody expects. Uh, playing so on the dark side. I mean, it says nobody expects, but like if that's what he does... We knew that was, just, yeah. And it's canon that he plays with the dark side because it's in season six of of uh, Clone Wars when he goes to uh, Morban to Corbin. Remember, his dark side is like, why don't you play with me anymore? Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, which is one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in Star Wars. Um, so, uh, and you know yeah, that Filoni is going to, Filoni wants to touch more on that. Like there isn't something that was put in Clone Wars or in Rebels that he hasn't tried to expand upon within the live action or somewhere Look, else. So you don't become that wise from always doing the right thing. No, that's the way I look not. at it. Well, but but you don't. those lines are being blurred more and more like this whole, this whole dichotomy of good and bad, this yin and yang, like is, is that line is getting, is getting blurred very quickly within all of the writing that's going on. And so I think and, that's going to become more of a norm. This whole like path, like the wayfinders and like all these things, like there are going to, like, I really feel like we're going to get more and more into this like chaotic neutral style of, of character. Look at Ray. Look at Ray. Ray is literally chaotic neutral. She uses dark side powers all so the did time. Mace. So did and Mace. Yeah. Mace Qui-Gon started to a little bit. I mean, like there yep. are, the, there are so many use, uh, so many cases of Jedi just like, tapping into because they understand they under like even the sith understand that just like hey like this way just might be better for me and it doesn't make me inherently evil or bad it's just this works for me so one thing before we take a quick break do you think yoda couldn't tap into the dark side because he's so attuned to the force that it just it's just too much the dark like side Mace is could the control force. it right but he he sits in the middle, like he sits on the light side of the middle, in my opinion. Sure. But Mace could control his anger and it, it actually empowered him. Qui-Gon, same thing. Luke even figured it out after a while. Mm-hmm. So was Luke was Yoda so in tune with the force that he couldn't tap into the dark side because it was just too much for him? I, I think what happened is maybe he went too far and it scared him. Yeah, that, that's essentially what I'm saying. Like, yeah, so I mean, like, maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe Yeah, so maybe he's just so sensitive. My hair is crazy. Um, 
maybe he's so sensitive and, and attuned to the force that that it, it it's you know <laughs> we were making the joke about Pete you know it's either you know one way or the other you know there's like there really is like no middle maybe there is no middle ground for for Yoda you know maybe it's like if if I'm doing it I'm going all the way because if, if we if we go by what Avar Chris says the force is a song and everyone sings a different tune exactly so there's no one there's no cookie cutter way to say this is how the force works and which is very applicable to anyone that has but any life sort of, in in any, yes, anyway. any sort of spiritual sense, whether you're Christian, Jewish, Buddhist, Muslim, whatever physical. it may be. Like you and I are both men and within our like, you know, with, you know, within close range of each other in age. But you and I are very different from diet to how we exercise to how yep. we see life in general. And like, that's the beauty of being alive. Exactly. So I think maybe, you know, while Mace could control it, maybe Yoda couldn't or he got scared or something. And hopefully yeah, that's they... a really that's a really interesting thought is like maybe just <clears throat> maybe there are like people who are just more like a tuning fork than others. You know, are just super sensitive to those those songs or the vibrations of the force. Yep. I yep. like that theory. That's really good, Kevin. Yeah, I kind of just full circled that one. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and pay some bills. We will be right back uh, with, uh, let's see, what are we talking about next? Oh, we got some, some Rogue One, a little bit of uh, more Andor, and uh, some toys. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I like that. And toys. Oh, the Black Series figures. God, I hope they're adult toys. Ready? <laughs> Clip that. Yeah. Uh, you ready? And for our Luke Skywalker dildo, perfect Christmas. And, Stop and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> don't Google that. You gotta fade you probably gotta fade that in, right? <laughs> don't don't Google that, because that that is that exists somewhere sure on the internet. There. Could you imagine? Yeah, Star Wars yeah. adult toys. That's got to be a thing. You probably buy it where... Did I send you the clip of um, oh. of Tom Segura buying... Because him and Burt Kreischer like, try and one-up each other every year for their birthday. Like Burt bought him a race car last year. So Burt's a big history buff. So Tom went and bought him a uh, cup from Hitler's summer home, a teacup. I heard about that. I think you talked about it in the group chat. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Burt's... <laughs> Watching Bert get that, he's wheezing. He's like, oh my God, the Fuhrer Drake. And he's Jewish. And he's like, the Fuhrer Drake. 
<laughs> and Tom's like, you should make every every guest uh, who comes to your house have to drink from the cup. <laughs> <laughs> Just too funny. Anyway, yeah. So on the subject of toys, uh, Black Series is celebrating 40 years of Return of the Jedi with a, with a line of figurines. Um, Bib Fortuna, Poplu, Emperor Palpatine, Chewbacca, and a Stormtrooper. Oh I wonder if these are like the toys that I had growing up because I had a bunch of Return of the Jedi toys. No, these are like these are like Black Series, beautiful. Like nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely if not you, like the toys that I had growing up. Yeah, if you look at them, they're so detailed. I mean, okay, let me get. They look like them, but I feel like I don't remember them being so. They're also thirty-five well, I mean, bucks each. Toy making has gotten far more complicated than it was when we were children also i come to find out it feels like everyone lived the same life did you have a c-3po toy carrier like for your mom no. for your action figures i had vader oh i had a c-3po and his eyes lit up and apparently a bunch of other people had that thing and it was I cool because you could, you could put like all there was like um there was like a little plastic bar that went across the top of them so they wouldn't fall out and then on the bar was nameplates. So you could actually put the names for all like where they were supposed to oh, go. Oh, that's cool. I didn't yeah. know. Mine was a mine was a Vader helmet and you opened it like this and uh -huh. it had compartments inside of it. And you just put Ooh. them in the compartments. And then you'd fold it up and put the latch on the top. What's the um, what's the little uh, thermos? The can't uh, what's it called? The um, that would be a cool action figure thing. Now it'd be like pull it up. Nitrogen come out. Oh, that look at fun. all my toys. I wonder if we could do that with like a travel King's Coast mug. Like you open it, it's like and it depressurizes. It's like Jurassic Park. I'm gonna ask Pete if that if he can make that, and he's gonna slap me. Um, so yeah, so uh, uh, Black Series uh, 40th anniversary. Uh, if you're looking for some last minute Christmas gifts for that Star Wars fanatic in your family, there it is. They sell them as a set too, so you can buy them as as uh, five piece sets. There's also some other figures from what I saw in there outside of the ones I just mentioned. So. Um, check that out. Uh, that article came from Gizmodo. So um, if you're looking for it, go find it. Um, Gary Witta and Chris White, uh, they wrote on Rogue One. Gary Witta is actually part of Kind of Funny, too. Um, oh, is he? Floated, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Floated the idea of a TV show with rebels hunting down Imperial fugitives uh, post episode six. Dude. <laughs> I love that idea. But a lot of that happens in Aftermath. So yes. I do want to say that sounds um, like not. It sounds like uh, so <laughs> that sounds like Band of Brothers after they win and they go hunting for the Germans that are left over. I mean, yes, I liked it because uh, I mean, like, yeah. that's that's pretty sick. Yeah, I mean, but we see we see a lot of it in Aftermath with the, you know, when we're talking well, because I mean, they're essentially doing what the Americans did to the Germans is like they went <laughs> and found all their scientists and everything. They found like all of the people that were worth keeping. And they brought him over into the the new republic, and so like that was that was a problem in of itself because they they weren't like in in aftermath they weren't checking on everybody as to like were they good or bad and wasn't there like a, a couple like double agents that ended up like flipping on on the rebels or on, on the new republic so like yeah that's that's really interesting I like that I would like to see that in a uh, in a cinematic world. So does that mean that? Ilum was the Argentina of the Star Wars universe. Oh my God, it is! It's for all the it's for all the Imperial officers went to hide. Holy shit! <laughs> and then they end up weaponizing Argentina and turning into a death planet. I saw a thing. It was either Argentina or Brazil. I can't remember. They're like this community has the second biggest Oktoberfest celebration in the world, and I was like. Oh my God! Yeah, it's some yeah, um, it's somewhere in South America. Uh huh. Yes. Like, we like, yeah, yeah, Argentina, Chile. Yeah, it's like Chile or Argentina. I wouldn't um, talk about that. Yeah, but it's funny because like they recognize like where it comes from. They're just like, ah. yeah. So um, yeah, I, I think that would be a great show. But Gary said that just nobody ever did anything with it. So um, I like the concept, but. That's the thing is if you put it out in the ether, Star Wars is never ideas like that never die. They can always no. come back in 10, 20 years. Or become so maybe we will get that. Films. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. Fan which films. end up on oh my God, which end up on YouTube. Um, we've and I've seen some absolutely incredible ones on YouTube. It's it's pretty amazing. I love the ones that were the screens like the the on set pictures get leaked. And then people ask me why Maul and Ahsoka are fighting <laughs> on Tatooine. 
I, uh, like, my, there's dead Mando there on the corner. What happened? There's one. I, I think I sent it to you a while back. The Republic Commando one. Yeah. Where the UI in the helmet is literally the UI you have in the game, which mm-hmm. is just, I just love that. But yeah, please remake, uh, not remaster, remake Republic Commando. Thank you. Um, it's yeah. one of my favorite games. Such a good game. Uh, I stalled, by the way, on Knights of the Old Republic 2. I just like, I was like, the controls, it's just, I got about Rough, 40 man. hours in and I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> You're playing it on the, were you playing it on the Switch? I was playing on the Switch and it's just so yeah. much of, of this and like running into a wall and then the Q-based combat. I'm like, I, I can't. I love this story. It's one of the best stories ever told. But my God, the combat just drives me nuts. But that was all the rage when that game came out. That's what everybody did. What else do we have? Fable hadn't even come out yet. Like we didn't really have much on that yeah, side of things. Well, Final Fantasy was so popular. And so everybody was just playing off the Final Fantasy uh, cookie cutter equation you know and they even improved on that because the combat to me i don't like turn-based final fantasy combat it's part of the reason i never never got into it they did it as a q-based combat system so there was still action involved you could just pause you felt like you were kind of like controlling your guy more than you were in final fantasy i mean you could queue three characters attacks up to four attacks so you Mm -hmm. had like the next few minutes barrage and right so it was tactical but you know at the same time so uh, i don't know anyway but yeah i think that would be that would, that could also make a great game i was thinking too even if they don't want to go the that route that would make a great game where you're, you're like some sort of republic bounty hunter just going around yeah, rounding up imperials oh i didn't think of that that'd be fun essentially red dead in, in star wars oh man what a great game mm-hmm. i hope i hope they make a third i saw uh, um a oh, clip the other day. gta 6 I saw a clip the other day that says me dying peacefully in my bed at 90 years old. And then said the day after I die. And it was the, the loading screen for GTA six coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to have a new level of anxiety. I was like, these are going to be games that come out after I die. Wow. Oh, I'm, I'm already, I'm already thinking that, you know, I probably got 40, 50, 60 good years left on I this hope planet. So, Kevin. Yeah, I hope so. But I, I'm already like, man, there's going to be star Wars content after I go that I'm not going to see. <laughs> wow, that's bad. <laughs> Like somebody's gonna remake Lord of the Rings again in my lifetime, aren't they? And 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 then they'll probably add to it, and I might miss it, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> dark oh. thoughts with Kevin Murray. <laughs> um. Uh. So, uh, back to Andor. We have two more things on Andor and the characters. Tony is hinting at, at new characters entering Andor in season two. So new uh uh, characters so he says we're getting into legacy characters now as well uh it's very complicated to get everybody to book out and book everybody's schedule everybody's busy nobody knew that we were going to have this many characters when we started my fault (laughs) so tony tony's trying to expand this um Mm -hmm. uh you know names that you said before hair has been hinted at bale's been hinted at tarkin's been hinted at which we know they can bring tarkin back to life we've seen it i mean it, it would make perfect sense to see him Director Krennic. Uh, so um, the whole idea of seeing Galen, I mean, like this is all we can see Galen again. We could see we probably will see Krennic next season. Like Galen. So if you read Catalyst, even if they just like mentioned him um, or like had a scene with him, I mean, like he's he's deep in Coruscant right now in the research and development of the Death Star. So like he's locked up in a in a in a science lab but so. he's still happy right at this point or no he, this is after that flashback scene where i don't know where we are Jin. i don't know where we are in the timeline but there's a point there's a flipping point Jin's a kid in that scene so probably not because she's a teenager by the time we meet her in rogue one. Oh fuck there's a deleted scene where he's at when krennic that's at what i'm talking apartment. about yeah, yeah 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 she's a kid yeah so that, i mean like and that's and that's the right time like that so that meeting of um, Krennic in in Galen, that was that was in the book. He would come over for dinner and stuff. He was trying yeah. to be like he was trying his best to hold on to Galen Urso. And so yeah, I mean like there's so much going on and like this this time period is so rich to pull from because there's not a lot of it covered in the visual sense. A lot of it's written down and showcased elsewhere, made made mention of, but we haven't really seen it. You know, like the yep. idea of going down to Yavin 4 and seeing the temples and actually like watching the rebellion, like build their, their stronghold there. Like that's going to be like, I would assume that would be a part of season two. 
Yeah, I think that'll happen too when Mon Mothma is, uh, you know, she has to be ousted at some point in early. Almost in definitely. Two. There's something. Something's so. gonna happen. You know, it'd be crazy if it was her kiddo that ended up like selling her out. Selling her out. Because I could see that. I could see that happening. Her kiddo would be like, "It's for the good of the the empire or whatever." Like she's for some reason falls into like some weird rut where she's like she becomes very uh full of value and, and morals and she, she thinks she's doing the right thing and she ends up screwing her mom over in the end. I mean, that would be tragic, but it would make sense for why she's pretty much alone when we meet her uh, later because alone. she's going to lose her family over this. Something's uh, going to happen. Either her family is killed or they flip on her. I and I can see killed. her husband flipping on her. Her husband doesn't like her and she's already thrown her husband under the bus and her daughter despises her. Her daughter so. likes her 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 mom's cousin more than anything else. Like, how crazy she, is that? She doesn't even know that Vel's involved. Right. She just thinks Vel's so. just a cool cousin. We'll see. Also, with Vel, why would you use your real name and not have an alias when you're doing rebel shit? That's I don't my know. Point. Luthan does that too, and I'm always like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> No? Well, he likes All Axis right. now. I think he's just going to stick with Axis. Oh, yeah. No, he's like, ooh, that, that, that is like a nice ring of that. Yeah. Axis. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, like the lights. Mufasa. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Um, so StarWars.com listed out all of the Easter eggs in Luthen's shop. Uh, some of them we knew. Some of them are new to me. So we got Amidala's headpieces in there. No awesome. way. Yep. Uh, Mando, Mandalorian armor, which we saw. The Jedi yep. Temple Guard mask we saw. What's a Sankara stone? That sounds familiar. Uh, wasn't the Sankara, Sankara stones what they were stones. looking at? Um, those tablets that she was showing her? Oh, that's from Indiana Jones. That was the, the Easter egg. The five uh, stones. Oh, yeah, 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 ones. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the things. Yeah, because they put that and the whip in there as uh, fun Lucas uh, Easter eggs. That's right. Um, we saw the Sith holocron in the back room. The, I wanted that to come into play somehow. I know it's not going to because it's just such a minute. There was multiple little... holocrons back there. There was Jedi holocrons too. There was but big wanted, ones and little ones. I wanted the Sith one to play into it. Um, you know, for all we know, no, it couldn't be that. I was gonna say it could be the holocrons from from um rebels, but I don't I don't think that adds up. Um the Starkiller Dark Lord armor, which you get in um and we knew that uh, wasn't we knew that wasn't like it's not specifically it's not specifically star killer's armor sith assassin but armor but it's sith Ancient. assassin armor because star killer hasn't even happened yet if we're going to go by like oh he's happening right yeah yeah it would be it's just ancient sith assassin armor that star killer gets in the second game uh wookie war helmet from attack of the clones i saw the, uh, i saw the gungan shield last week and I was like, wait a second, how did I miss that all along? But there was a perfect shot where it was just like right behind him. Mm -hmm. And it was it was really cool to see that. I like that they did that. You know, what's funny about those two. Those two items are probably looked at the same way we look at like a Ruger from from World War Two or, you know, like an old gun from uh, Vietnam War and things like that. Uh, that would be my assumption and how they would view that in that universe. Like Almost relics definitely. Of wars past and uh -huh. things of that nature. And it really wasn't um, that far before. I mean, like if the the invasion of Naboo was only what twenty years prior, or not even fifteen years prior. Not even, yeah, ten years prior. This is, this is where I start messing up times, and someone's going to tweet at me. I'm so fucking tired of you guys ruining the timeline. People tweet the timelines at us all the time, and it's like, all right, we're not going to, we're never going to get it straight. So if you're going to listen to the show, I try to keep my timeline in order. I, I can't even just, do that. I just, I have a calendar to keep my timeline in order. Um, so one of the, the most interesting things in there is the world between worlds tablet from rebels is just sitting there, uh, in two pieces, like the veil that, that is the, the tablet that they use to transcribe with the mural. Remember that whole thing yeah, with the uh -huh. father and, and, yeah. and the daughter and the son, yeah. um, that's all the tablet is just sitting in Luthen shop. How the hell so does some it get point, from there to there? It's got to make it to that guy. I forget his name. The 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 one who's he's in the aftermath books. That guy. Mm -hmm. And um, I forget his name, but yeah, him. The one who's he's like the spiritual advisor to Palpatine. I, I forget his name. Um, so it's got to make his way. The, he's yeah. the blue the blue the blue guy. 
he's also he's also briefly walking uh, in. I think it's a New Hope on on the Death Star as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, him, same, but I know you're talking about. Yes. Um. So that tablet is sitting there, and then the last thing is, and I saw this in the back, and I was very curious. There's just carbonite blocks sitting in the back room. Are there beings in the carbonite blocks that are just sitting in the back room? <laughs> are they frozen? I believe so. I'm not. Wait, 100% when you say sure. blocks of carbonate, are you talking about like blocks? Or are we and... talking about like Han Solo blocks? I'm looking now to make sure because I saw the little controls and whatnot. All right, ten Easter eggs from Luthen's gallery. I want to see the picture. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. like freezing things in carbonate. Because they've never like when when Vader talks about it, and they're like, "We've never tried this on a person." Before. There's several carbonite blocks in the gallery with some more ordinary pieces, like the necklace above, but a few stand out for the subjects held within. The fertility idols from Raiders of the Lost Ark are in carbonite blocks. Man, they put a ton of Indiana Jones stuff in there. His whip was in it was in carbonite. An engineer's head from the Prometheus movies. What? Uh, and more. What the fuck are we trying? Are we tying Star Wars into Prometheus? I think it's just a fun thing to just throw as much shit that they had lying around in the back lot and put it in carbonite and put it on the set for people I've, like you and me. I know, but I've heard theories of people trying to like tie Star Wars into like our world and things like that. I wonder. Legends has a tie to our world. There's like the, the two Adam and Eve. Yeah, are from that universe, and they end up. Uh, like a uh, spaceship crash on ours. So there is a legend story. It's, it's, I don't know which part of legends, but I remember I reading care. it many, many years sick. ago. So it, it, it does like that. That is the seed world for ours. So it does exist, but that wouldn't make sense in a galaxy far, far away. No, because they would have had to have gone and then come right. back. And that, yeah. Right. There's some time. There's some time there, but bail the force, dude. You never know. The world between worlds. <laughs> Oh man, if that's like a multiverse now, like I mean, um, like he went back in time and saved Ahsoka. So I mean, like the ability to go forwards and back in time when you're not actually in that timeline, if you remove yourself from it and you're able to freely go across this thing that flows, then yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be seventy, and it's gonna be you know Palpatine reanimated for the eighth time, partnered <laughs> with Thanos and Kang. Oh, this motherfucker's back. <laughs> Qui Gon and Luke stand next to Captain America and Black Widow, ready to fight. It's gonna you end know, up like, looking like the finale scene for Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be like all of these heroes from all of these shows are just like, how the fuck did they get here? Exactly. You know, and then by then DC will be a part of Disney, so Batman <laughs> will be standing there, and Joker. Will, yeah, it'll be a whole thing. Uh, but, um, well, thank you so much for checking out episode 108 of star Wars and scotch. We appreciate you as always again, warning you about that Kings coast. Make sure you, uh, take advantage of that because that thing that I saw on the 12 days of Kings coast shocked me and it might shock you too. Uh, make sure you're following Timmy's darkness 429 everywhere on the internet, but you can watch him stream Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Uh, fb.gg slash darkness 429. What are you playing today? Um, uh, I'm not sure yet, Kevin. We'll we'll find uh, out. There seems to be something right. going on with the platform today where people can't go live, so we'll see. Oh. But yeah, oh. um, if I am live, oh. I'll be playing The Devil in Me, which is a brand new um, addition oh. to the Dark Picture anthology series, which I absolutely love because it's like watching a movie with chat, but I get to control what happens and piss them off. Um, and then at the end, I end up killing everybody, and it's always on accident. I swear to God, I don't plan this. Somehow some way i make the wrong move and everyone dies i'm like i try really really hard like emotionally invested into keeping these players alive and yeah. somehow some freaking way the dev the devs had put in like a tim switch and somehow i hit it and everybody dies it is it has happened in every playthrough yeah and when i played until dawn i only lost one person because my finger slipped on the controller i killed everyone i want you to know that i tried so hard to keep everyone alive and then i blew up the house uh, oh okay uh i didn't do that and then when i just finished quarry for halloween this year i was on such a good path like we lost we lost we lost a hand and i thought we were in a good place and then oh i saved just, the hand <gasps> if you use the machete you can use the machete to like open up the bear trap and it breaks the machete but you save your hand 
And then you use no, the machine. The hand was the one where they're in the radio room and it oh, grabs must have had the a, ceiling. Oh, we had a different, we had a completely different game then. I love it. And that's another thing too about the dark picture anthology. I know we need to wrap this up, but there's like 40 to 50 different endings. So you can have a one playthrough and someone can have another playthrough and you guys will see things completely differently through the entire show, which is so cool. My problem is I always make the same decisions, so there's no replayability for me because yeah, just right? Because like you're just like compass. it's over, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the quarry, I choked at the end because I felt bad for the kid, and he ends up killing everybody. <clears throat> yep, 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 yep. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh no, I, he he died. He died about two chapters before the ending for me. Oh, he stayed alive to the end for me, Kevin. Anyways, we'll yeah. talk about this in another podcast. We got to get out of here. All right. You all have a great one. Make sure you're following Star Wars and Scotch and Rare Drop as well, all the way on the internet. Look out for that, that uh, Andor Roundtable as well. We'll see you next week for more Star Wars. Uh, but until then, Tim. May the Force be with you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.